As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Three, two, one, zero. Hello, welcome to episode 110, Revenue Breakthrough. Chainers and everyone out there in the Money Clan, Dennis O'Brien and Katie Walsh coming at you live with a very special guest today. First off, welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. Katie, today we have Monica Shah. Real quick, what did you think of her? I thought she was fantastic. She, I could really relate to her story. And she came with such hustle and drive. And I really just felt inspired after talking to her. Yeah, what I really appreciated with her story is that it's very down to earth, you know, and it's a story that a lot of people go through. But how many people really discuss You know, like when you're an entrepreneur, a lot of people look in and they're like, oh, they have such a great life. Things are so easy. But that's not how it really is. And they only see where they are now, not where they came from, not two or three years ago when they were constantly hustling. Yeah, I completely agree, Kate. And you know what? Like props to her because she's now got a company up and running and she's making a great success. And what I love about it is she's teaching other people how to do it as well. Yeah, and I really enjoy the conversation. I feel like I got a lot of good takeaway. So guys, if you'd like to join the Money Clan, you can join a community of like-minded people looking to achieve financial greatness. Head on over to chainofwealth.com slash group. There you can join our Facebook group. It's a nice close-unit community and we all try and inspire each other and really help people get out of a pickle and achieve financial greatness. You ready to dive in, Kate? Yeah. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Monica is a seven-figure business coach who helps entrepreneurs build businesses that support their ideal lifestyles. After receiving her MBA from the Kellogg School of Management, and working in marketing for L'Oreal Paris, Monica left corporate to start her first company and then her second company, Revenue Breakthrough. Today, she takes clients step-by-step step through building, growing, and expanding their businesses. She combines her business acumen with her intuition and healing abilities to help her clients get unstuck, eliminate self-sabotage, and move through fear. She is also the author of Getting Rich, You're Doing It Backwards, and Pause, 52 Questions That Lead to More Money and Time. 
time. Welcome, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi, so glad to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. So you are quite an accomplished lady. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you are quite an accomplished lady. A lot of times when people have achieved great accomplishments, they have had great role models in their life. So who have you looked up to as your main role model? I've been lucky to say that um, it's my dad. So he's an entrepreneur too. And he's really worked his way up to where he literally like worked his way up to being able to have a really successful business. Because he's, he's from India. He came to this country with $1,000 in his pocket to finish his schooling here. And he got a job to finish his schooling. And then he became an engineer and he moved to Cincinnati um, in an engineering firm. And then he sort of moved up the engineering firm and bought the firm. And then he, when he ran it, he then expanded it to three different states. And then he sold the company when I was in college. And what, and so I literally grew up like with entrepreneurial values. I had, I had the blessing to watch my dad like come and be with me at three thirty in the afternoon when most parents couldn't make it, you know, to watch my tennis matches. And then on the weekends, I went with him to the office. And I, when I was little, I remember he used to put me on top of his conference table and then give me a bunch of highlighters to color with what he like went through the mail and did some bills. And I think that there's. I think what I learned from him is I definitely learned the work ethic piece, but I also learned the beauty of entrepreneurship and the freedom that can be had from it because my dad, you know, one of the things I teach entrepreneurs is about the power and impact of money. And I talk about how, you know, money isn't the root of all evil and money, you don't have to to be mean to make a lot of money and it doesn't change you in values. And I'm able to really fully say that because I watched my dad grow and build this company and use his money to make our lives better, to make the community better. He built a school. He actually went back to India and built a trade school um, and then provided scholarships for the first 200 people into the school um, as part of his retirement. And so I, it has just really allowed me to see that the more I can put into the world, the bigger impact I can have, the more good I can put out there. That's really awesome. And it sounds like pretty much growing up, you didn't really see a whole lot of other options other than entrepreneurship. So growing up, it's easier to kind of just go into it when seeing like how it has been such a successful venture for other people. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's actually like it runs in my blood. I, I, when I got married, I got married a couple of years ago and there was uh, 67 people at our wedding and 60 of them were entrepreneurs from my family. Wow. So like it, <laughs> it, um, it is, we are, I mean, it's just really interesting. Like, and um, I'm also from, I grew up in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, but in, but my origins, like where my dad grew up, is the business part of India. So um, apparently it's in my blood as well, <laughs> uh, which, you know, frankly, hasn't made it, you know, easy or even easier in any sense of the word. But it just has made it feel very normal to me to choose this path and to, um, and to work really hard for it. Right. And it wasn't all easy. You started off with a little bit of debt, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> Within about 12 months of starting my very first company, 
I was $25,000 in debt. And it was, it was scary mostly because I didn't know how to pay the debt off. And I kept trying to like make more and more and more money um, in my business and it wasn't working and the debt kept growing. And so the debt itself wasn't scary as much as just this knowledge that I couldn't figure out how I was going to pay it. Um, and it was, it was very terrifying in the beginning. And what I really got was that, you know, I got my MBA, I was raised by an entrepreneur, but somehow in the midst of all of that, I hadn't really learned how to make money for myself. But more importantly, I hadn't learned how to like befriend money because I had all these issues with it. Like I thought that, um, like I didn't trust money. I didn't think it was going to come to me. I didn't think I could generate it. I didn't think I was worthy of it. So I really had to look at my value system around money. And I also avoided it, like avoided looking at my numbers. I really shift all of those beliefs. Um, and I remember one of the big pivotal shifts for me was when I started believing that money was my rock and that it was always there for me. And as soon as I started believing that and making that part of my value system, like it's never shifted. It's been now 10 years and I've not, and that has not shifted for me at all. The belief hasn't and the existence of it hasn't. And I think it really does stem first from looking at how were you raised around money? What are your beliefs around it? And then making sure you make that solid shift around it. Yeah, that makes sense. So how long did it take you to actually rank up that $25,000? Was it over a, a couple of months or? It was about a year and change, maybe a year and like three or four months. Okay, crazy. It's amazing how quickly stuff can add up, you know? So what was some of the stuff that you were spending money on to sort of rank all that up? So some of it was stuff that I came into the business with. So that was just living expenses where I had been avoiding looking at my numbers, things like clothes and, and, and things like that. So that was probably maybe four or 5,000 of it. And then, then I came into my business and I started, and really what it came down to was that, and I think this happens with a lot of business owners, I just couldn't make enough. I wasn't making an, enough to be able to pay all of my normal expenses without going on to my credit card. So the majority of that debt was just paying rent, paying for, you know, uh, groceries and, and then paying for the support I wanted in my business. So a virtual assistant, the software that I had for my business, building my website, like getting the business off the ground. It just wasn't. And then also making some decisions that weren't the best. Definitely like, um, investing in uh, coaching programs that were in the wrong order that I wasn't quite ready for, um, investing in, you know, doing videos that I didn't really need. <laughs> so I definitely made some, uh, I just didn't, I didn't know what order I should have been doing things in. And, and so I invested in a lot of things before I was ready. That is the part of entrepreneurship that frightens me is just kind of burrowing yourself into debt. And a lot of people already kind of come to the plate with debt, whether it's student debt or medical debt. What was the turning point for you? Like, how did you start generating that revenue that to help pay off all of that? Well, what was interesting is that what I didn't understand, and I think this is so true for many entrepreneurs, is that you have to actually really put all of your focus and attention at the beginning of your business into generating revenue. And so sometimes... What I had gotten confused with, with is like there's a difference between generating revenue and like getting yourself organized and um, in a business. And I know that for me, I spent a lot of time and energy 
trying to get organized instead of trying to actually generate revenue. And the number one way of generating revenue is doing and asking and getting sales conversations and really monitoring how many sales conversations am I getting? How many am I converting? What do I need to improve on here? And really mastering sales as a skill. And if you're going to do well in business, people consciously like business owners that subconsciously or they say subconsciously do well immediately are those that really master sales first. And whether they came in because they knew it or whether they just naturally gravitated towards it, um, it's a really important skill to master. And I think for me, my biggest turning point was when I really got that, that you actually have to master selling. And in order to, and, and, and you have to do it and everything has to lead towards um, sales conversations and asking for money in order for you to get over a certain revenue hump. And what I got was in order to master selling, you also have to master your own stuff around numbers and money and um, beliefs and values around it and around sales even. So um, for me, it was a series of steps. It was really like changing my relationship with money so that I wasn't looking at it as it being awful or mean and then shifting so that I was really focusing all of my energy and tension on uh, revenue generating activities, which are which really is doing things that generate sales conversations and then doing the sales conversations. And I find that business owners, especially beginning ones, spend a lot of time and energy doing things like organizing their files and organizing their business cards and writing their websites and making their brochures and leaving cards out everywhere. And none of those things actually lead to sales conversations. So if you let yourself spend six months doing activities like that, you end up going into debt fairly quickly if you don't really understand that you got to really limit those activities to like 30 days <laughs> and then you got to really focus your energy and tension on how am I going to make my first, you know, and next and after that sale. It really is a mindset thing, isn't it? And it's very easy to convince yourself how important those sort of activities are. And you're like, I'm adding value. I'm getting stuff done. But at the end of the day, you're not bringing in money. And I think so many small businesses fail to see the difference between, like you say, revenue generating activities and non-revenue generating activities. And it's for that very reason that so many businesses fail. It's, it's true. And we're, we learn it from a very young age. Like in school, you're rewarded for your organization, your productivity, your focus, you're getting things done, but you're not actually rewarded for prioritizing. And even in the workplace, you're, you're rewarded for checking things off your to-do list, but somebody makes that to-do list for you. So it's really only in the world of entrepreneurship that you're, you really get that the whole system's flipped upside down. Like you're not actually rewarded for getting a bunch of stuff done. Um, you're only rewarded for getting things done that generate money. <laughs> um, and I think that's really hard to accept in the beginning. Uh, and so we don't get that there will be no reward for having a zero inbox. There will be no reward for responding to emails within 20 seconds, even though it feels like there should be. So if you knew then what you know now, what would you have done differently to avoid the debt or maybe get your business further ahead in another way? I think I would have started on everything sooner. So I think that uh, I, I didn't make the connection between sales conversations um, being the growth of my business um, and, you know, and being and that being the place I needed to focus my time and energy. So what I probably would have done sooner in my business, it took about 
I, I took about, it took a couple years for me to really get that. And I think what goes with that topic is building a tribe. Um, and so I think, you know, building a, a list of people online who are willing to buy from you. And I would have done that sooner. I would have started to build that list online sooner. And then I also would have started to build my offline tribe, meaning build opportunities where I could speak in front of people sooner, um, all in the effort to create more exposure, more impact, and to have more opportunity for sales. Um, but and, and I think sometimes when you think that way, it might appear as though one is being selfish. Like, oh, if you're just doing it to get to, you know, to sell to people. But I also think that there's a beautiful, I think that entrepreneurship can be very lonely in the beginning because we spend too much time trying to get organized and trying to get our ducks in a row. So I also think that spending, spending time and energy on building my tribe online and offline would have also made me happier from the beginning because I would have impacted a greater amount of people just been connecting with people sooner. Yeah, and it's not just about building that tribe of people that may buy something for you. Very often it's just making connections with people in the industry. And I think a lot of people fall into the trap of, oh, but they're my competition. You know, and ultimately, yeah, they may be your competition, but ultimately, if you really want to scale and grow, you need to be well networked. And that means knowing your competition, you know, knowing their pain points. And quite honestly, you can learn things from your competition. And you know, people blurt stuff out and, you know, they, they may discuss something or they may be at a different place to where you're at and hearing different perspectives can set you in a different world entirely. Absolutely. And what, what the, the whole network piece is important because you don't, I always tell my folks, you don't know what kinds of invitations and opportunities um, and creative things are going to come out of that network. Almost everything that, that we now look at is like a great thing that happened came out of two people meeting and coming up with an idea. So there's, it's, it's just that piece of, of, of connecting with people on a deeper level. So what would you tell to, to a new entrepreneur who might be kind of struggling with doubt or struggling with their finances? What bit of advice do you have for them? So I would go straight into a teaching point <laughs> uh, because I think there's a tool that I've used that changes everything even today for me, and that's uh, revenue tracking. So, um, and th there's actually two tools in this. Um, the first tool is, is revenue tracking. And all you do for revenue tracking is you take a piece of notebook paper, you number the paper one through 31, and that stands for the days of the month. At the top of the paper, you write a 60-day goal. How much revenue do you want to generate in the next 60 days? And you write some sort of inspirational message for yourself there. And then every day that you generate revenue, and it's actually charged, not promised, but charged, you put it next to the day of the month. So if you generate $300 and it's the third of the month, you put $300 next to the number three. If it's, if you generate $700 and it's the 10th of the month, you put 700 next to the number 10 and you add them up as you're going along. And to this day, I track my revenue every 60 days. It is how I've gradually pushed the envelope on how much I'm generating every 60 days to push, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And it also keeps me really focused because, you know, as you grow your business, you get busier and uh, you don't get less busy. You just have more people doing <laughs> all the things that you, you maybe were doing before, but you're still managing them. And because of that, it never, it, 
it's always a possibility that you can take your eye off generating revenue. Um, and what this does is it keeps you focused in on who's the person that I can call uh, that I could follow up with, or who's that person that could buy, could that we could do that connection with or that partnership with? Because you're constantly thinking about how far away am I from that revenue goal, and what do I need? What do I, what do I need to do to be able to hit it? And then the second tool that I would recommend to any new entrepreneur is um, something called the Self Journal. It's actually uh, it's made by a company called BestSelf.com. And I've been recommending it to all of my clients because I think it's a fantastic, um, it's like a, it's a 90 day planner and I do my revenue tracking in my self journal. And one of the number, again, I've been in entrepreneurship for 18 years now. And so I feel a little bit like a grandmother in the field sometimes because ultimately I've realized that the goal is not perfection ever because we're never getting there. The goal is, can you get better every day? Like, can you minutely get better every day? And in order to get better every day, you have to problem solve. And one of the, my favorite ways to problem solve is by using this self journal because it, it, every day it asks you what your wins are and what lessons you learned today. And I find that every day I'm iterating just a little bit more to make the next day better. And it's really over time accumulated to me feeling like every quarter is better, every year is better. Um, and, and that feels really good um, versus trying to hit some goal that I'm only looking at every now and then. Yep, totally with you. And you know, the power of goal setting is that you are able to make progress. If you write down your goals and you actively track them, you're 800% more likely to achieve them. So just by doing a simple exercise by writing down where you want to get to, you are way more likely to actually reach that goal. So kudos to you for doing that. Like it, it can feel tedious at times and you know, trying to set something like, like that up does take a bit of tinkering to sort of figure out what's your, um, What's your schedule to sort of get that in place? But it definitely can make a major difference for um, you in your personal life and in your business too. Absolutely. And I, you know, for me, the, the writing of the goals has been good. And that is something I have always done in my business. But what took it to the next level for me was analyzing every night how it was going. Like it was really the, it was really the moment, like, because, you know, I, I could say, I could very easily write down every day, you know, I want to be really fit and in shape and release a certain amount of weight. But, I, you know, the next morning it felt like I was starting over all the time because there were places that just weren't working. And when I started to really look at like, okay, what didn't work today? Like, why didn't I do my workout today? Or why did I skip a meal today? And really started to problem solve on a daily basis my goals just started happening a lot easier. Um, and that, that has been the real ticket I'd say to any beginning entrepreneur is learn how to problem solve daily so that you're really looking at your day and saying what actually happened and how do I shift that for tomorrow? And sometimes for me, it'll take weeks to problem solve. Like I'll notice the same problem for, for, for an, a whole month sometimes before I can figure out what the real solution is and then have the solution stick. But I've noticed that that progress even a month is so much faster than uh, than just ignoring the problem or making or you know avoiding it and it never really getting solved. I can one hundred percent relate to you on that kind of thing because I feel like I struggle with that as well. I will put it off and ignore it and kind of hope that it goes away. And it's like I seem to never learn. Like 
I know it's not going to go away and I need to just deal with it. And setting those small goals is the only thing that helps me kind of navigate my way through. Yeah. Yes. So we are wrapping up right before our break. So I wanted to ask you for your 30 second elevator pitch for Revenue Breakthrough. At Revenue Breakthrough, we help women who are business owners really figure out how they can double their income within 12 to 18 months. And we do it because my mission on the planet is to change the conversation around money. So we do that by helping women look at money differently, figure out marketing, figure out their sales piece so that they can actually make all of their decisions from their hearts and not just their bank accounts. Absolutely I love, love that. that. <laughs> Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. One of our favorite questions here at Chain of Wealth is what is your favorite book? Why don't you get more productive and more out of your day by listening to ebooks? Head on over to chainofwealth.com slash audible. There you can sign up for a 15-day trial of Audible, which is an Amazon company, and the trial comes with one free book. So there's really no excuse for not reading anymore. That's chainofwealth.com slash Audible. So, Monica, um, what is your retirement savings plan looking like? What I do every year is I have a, a revenue goal, I have a profit goal, and then I have a savings goal. And that's the money that goes into um, my savings for retirement and then also into my um, SCP, my, you know, my, my savings plans as well. Um, and I, I find that that's really important. In fact, again, that would be something I would tell beginning business owners to start doing from the get-go. Or maybe not from the get-go because it's hard at the very first year. But as you move into sort of year three, four, and five, in your business to start thinking not just about revenue, but about profit and about savings as well. Do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend to our listeners? So beyond my books, so, <laughs> um, uh, so there's, there's uh, a couple of things. So um, first, the, uh, the question people ask me all the time, especially with our discussion on revenue generating activities, is Monica, what are the revenue generating activities and when should I be doing them? So I created a free gift on that. And, um, and I want to just invite everybody who's listening to go and get it. It's at revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar, revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar. Um, and then outside of that, uh, one of my favorite books on is on time management and it's Dan Kennedy's original time management book. It's, it's called no BS time management. And uh, every time somebody reads it, they have a wake up call about what they're doing. And I love watching my clients pop like popcorn every time they read that book, like, Oh my gosh, I have to stop screwing around. Um, So that's a great one uh, to read. And uh, then the other one that I like from a spiritual perspective is called the surrender experiment. Um, And it's also a great one for entrepreneurs uh, because it is just my one caveat with the surrender experiment is keep reading it. Because it can be a little bit annoying in the beginning, um, but it keeps getting better and better. And it really shows you the power of leaning in to the moment instead of resisting it. Awesome. So do you have a favorite quote you try to live by? Yeah. So my favorite quote that I I think one of the phrases that I always live by is, uh, there is no such thing as failure. So, um, and it really falls under this, uh, this notion that 
no matter what I do, no matter what I try, when energy is put out, energy is gotten back. And that, and I just really fully believe that. So even if the energy that I put out doesn't, doesn't land in a number, for example, or a result the way that I want it to look, I know that it's going to come back in exactly the way it's supposed to. So I've just, I've stopped thinking about things in terms of failure and success entirely. And it's been super helpful. I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's nice when you don't think of failure as being failure. It's yeah. more like a learning experience. <laughs> Which yeah. it is, you know, like, <laughs> otherwise you're going to dwell on the past all the time. <laughs> right. It's true. Monica, we've loved hanging out today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. I would say this, when you're in, you know, every day when you're in business or in your career, there are moments when we're doing things that we don't want to do. And and it can be really hard to motivate at that period. And my my piece of advice is remember what you love. Like if, make it, write it down, put it in a list, do a visualization of it, but always remember why you're doing what you're doing. And if that's getting foggy for you, then it's time to sit down and refigure that out. Because without that, life can be uh, really full of drudgery. Chen, as we've been hanging out with Monica Shah, you can check out her website. It is revenuebreakthrough.com. And if you're a woman looking to get ahead with your revenue and really boost your business, this is definitely a resource you should be checking out. Kate, that was a really fun episode. I absolutely love chatting to Monica. Yeah, I really feel uplifted and that was so much fun. So real quick before we go, I want to remind everybody to submit your tweet of the week. I have been having a lot of fun reading them and I can't wait to see what you guys have to say. Yeah, so don't forget to tweet. It's at Chain of Wealth on Twitter. You can also email them through. But yeah, we definitely read everyone and that'll come out on Thursday's episode. We'll catch you on the flip side, Chainers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.